Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Never has there been a more appropriate read than this one right here, right now. Guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, $99.90. That's right, the 99th Roos Chris was opened up in Edmonton at $99.90 Jasper Avenue. A reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where to condign for $120. And I bring this up because next season when John Shannon comes to town, I'm going to owe him one. And uh, it's going to be great. We're going to head over to Roos Chris. Because, John, thank you once again uh, for hooking us up in uh, Buffalo. That was a kicker. It was a good time. It was. You know, I mean, uh, you were kind enough to let a few of us speak. It was really, really enjoyed. I was going to say that was uh, a rare occasion when I have nothing to say for 12 to 14 <laughs> minutes at a time because uh, a couple of the other guys that uh, were there with you were, uh, you know, and it's a precursor of things to come. Maybe we can open up the kimono a bit because we can plug your guys' broadcast on uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet of the draft on June 22nd. But Louis DeBrusque was down there with you. Uh, Sam uh, Cosentino, who uh, really knows major junior talent, was there. Uh, your producer, Alex, tremendous guy. And uh, it was a pretty engaging conversation, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, time went fast and the food was good. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was a good time was had by all. And the thing that's interesting is we're all trying to figure out what the heck's going to happen after number two, because everyone's got Rasmus Dahlin going number one. I think even though Carolina is a little bit of a wild card. I think most of us just look at Svechnikov and think he's too much of a rock star not to take it number two. But then what happens at number three, starting with the Montreal Canadiens? Well, I mean, there's even discussion as Montreal traded, which I, I just, I can't believe in this day and age uh, with teams that know they have to rebuild and it's going to take time to rebuild. You even consider trading your first-round pick, let alone, they, I mean, let's face it, they, they did this last year when they traded a first-round pick in Sergeyev for Jonathan Drouin. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I just, 
I can't believe that Mark Bergevin would even contemplate trading that first-round pick. And Philip Zadina, to me, I know he, I know they need a center, but that Philip Zadina looks pretty good to me. Well, it's interesting because, the, as you saw on Saturday, I mean, the Montreal media, the guys, the guys from uh, uh, the Athletic, uh, uh, Marco, Aaron, Tan- Aaron. yeah, uh, uh, Mark Anton Gaudin and. Uh, uh, you know, Apron uh, were all over, uh, all over uh, Kakaniami, and I found that to be yeah. pretty interesting because I, I kind of thought going in Kakaniami was going to go six to ten, and uh, I know Craig Button, who's on the rival, you know, is on TSN, but you respect yeah. Craig's work, and uh, you know, he's like, if you want it, go get it, and look at the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple of years ago, Pierre Luc Dubois passing on Yesapul Yarby, and right now it looks like the right decision for Columbus. They needed a center, and they went out and took the center so uh, there is that perspective isn't there well you know what this so many times we talk about during the regular season bob you know what teams lack are you know first and second line centers and puck moving defense but those two things those are those are the hottest commodity at any time of the year and particularly this time of the year i mean to me they uh, I know that there are lots of people talking about the centers and, and what 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 are what could move up. I, I'm I'm fixated on some of those Canadian-born uh, defensemen like Evan Bouchard and uh, and Noah Dobson. I know I saw your list. You have Dobson move up pretty high in the new system uh, in your in your new uh, rankings. Uh, and you couldn't help but be impressed with his maturity both on and off the ice. Well, and and the thing is, there's so much upside there because he hasn't filled it. There's some other guys. He's younger than some of the other guys, and there's some other guys more physically mature than him at this stage. But I know what I saw during the Memorial Cup, and I saw a guy that can process the game and make plays, and he can skate. Yep. And imagine what he's going to be like when he puts on, you know, uh, six to eight pounds every summer for the next three or four summers of muscle. I mean, he's going to be a he, he's that's a scary proposition. And I just look at Ottawa. You know, their head scout is basically based uh, right on the Quebec New Brunswick border, and we know where Dobson played with Acadie Bathurst. Uh, I, I I could easily see Ottawa maybe passing on Brady Kachuk at four and taking Noah Dobson. And then Evan Bouchard, you know, you tell me. I mean, do you think he'd, he'd, he could even get games in the NHL this upcoming season? Well, I think that there are people thinking yes. And just in talking to a few guys on Friday and Saturday about Bouchard and Dobson saying yes, both of them, they think they could play next year, which is quite remarkable. I, I was so impressed with both kids and their maturity, having a chance to talk to them privately. Uh, I, I thought they were, uh, I mean, the, what, what, how, how players have developed, we, uh, it's been amazing on the ice, but their maturity level off the ice is something that is, uh, is mind-boggling. You, you talked about Svechnikov. I mean, Andrei Svechnikov, to me, is a man. He's not 18 years old. He's a man. Right. And, and if, Carolina, if Carolina does not take him... I know that we're all shaking our heads at what's going on there, but they've got some pretty good hockey people there now, starting with Rick Dudley and Rod Brindamore. I mean, he, he, he could jump into that lineup and make a difference. He's got a big league shot, as Zadina has, 
and I, I think that that's exactly what Carolina needed. If, if Shrestakov had played there last year, they might have been in a playoff. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, he's certainly a very intriguing player. John, you hit on something there. Is it is the draft more of a sure thing than it used to be even five or six years ago because the advancements made in technology, the abilities to gather uh, more statistical and analytical information, uh, the way testing's done too from a... Uh, uh, you know, on the mental side of things with the respective kids. is it, Are there fewer question marks now, do you think, than in the past? Well, you, 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 you know, you say that, and, and respectfully, you know, the one question mark in the last two drafts might still be Jesse Pugliarvi, Uh even though I think there are a few of us still believe in the young guy and it's just going to take time a little longer. I, I Honestly, Bob, I think the development of technology and, and everything you talked about, the, the testing, I think it's the development of the players themselves. I, I think the fact that we now put our put young players at the age of 14, 15, 16 on a stage, both uh, in this country and then on the international stage through Hockey Canada or USA Hockey or the Swedish Federation or the Finnish Federation, that they get unbelievable competition early on. And, you know, being 16 years old and wanting to be a professional hockey player now, you know, there's no off-season. Everybody's working hard. It's a 12-month process every year for every player. And what we're seeing is that there's a there might be a separation, but the separation is those 10 or 12 guys that think they can contribute early. I, I purely think it's the development of the players uh, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, just a deeper pool of players. Uh, from all over the world. We're joined by NHL Hockey on Rogers analyst John Shannon, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. So, John, uh, you mentioned Bouchard, you mentioned Dobson, both right shot guys. Uh, you know, Bouchard's 6'2, he's a little bit more filled out than Dobson, who's 6'3 right now. But there's three sub six foot defensemen. I have Boquist as the biggest question mark in the top 10. I'm not sure where he's going to go. Uh, he might have the highest offensive upside. Uh, Quinn. Hughes has clearly got, he might be ready to play in the NHL next year, too. He's clearly a confident kid. Another, you know, he's five foot nine, five foot ten. And then there's Ty Smith, who's the highest ranked player out of the West, out of the Spokane Chiefs, who I do think would really like to play in Edmonton. I, I think that he's a guy, Connor Yamamoto's here, you know, he grew up in Lloyd. Like, it, it, there's, a, there's a fit there, right, with Ty Smith. Just your thoughts on those three young defensemen. And, and do you think the size. You know, are teams scared off, or uh, you know, is it possible that Hughes and Boquist and Smith end up in the nine, ten, eleven, twelve range? I don't think size matters much anymore, and, and even on the blue line, um, you know, with what we, with what the game expects out of the players. I mean, you look at Tory Krug and and how he's been so effective in Boston for the last few years. Uh, I, I think that there's, I think the 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 day and age of uh, of making sure that every defenseman six foot three, six foot four, and and uh, is physical uh, is done because you need the mobility now. And you, let's face it, you have a better opportunity to be mobile if you're a little more compact. And uh, I think uh, you know you talk about Quinn Hughes, man, does this guy have confidence? Oh yeah. Uh, he, he's every interview I heard the, about him, they said, you know what? He thinks he can play next year, and he's he's just chomping at the bit to play for teams that need qualities uh, like that. He, like he 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 mentioned in the Vancouver interview how he'd love to go to Vancouver. I'd love to play for the Canucks. 
because of the challenge of playing in Vancouver and, and being in a quality hockey town uh, with a team that's on the uh, that, 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 that's slowly on the way up. So there are lots of players that I think under six feet that that that, uh, uh, that can contribute to the NHL and contribute quickly. I think you know if you, if the Oilers could get Smith at ten. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be a, uh, it'll be a real debate because you can never have too many good defensemen. And that's something I think that the, uh, that Peter Shirelli is well aware of from his days in Ottawa, Boston, and at. Where do you think Cockaniami goes in Wallstrom? Well, I don't think, I don't think Cockaniami will get past Chicago. Okay. Um, you know, there's lot, there's lots of stories that, uh, uh, the Blackhawks are, are leaning, Towards him as opposed to a, a defenseman. Okay. So from from that perspective, I think that and and you know what? Let's face it, the Finns have done a magnificent job in the last two or three years of cultivating and creating quality forwards. Uh, and and that to me is another uh, 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 you know testimony to what's going on. And it's a copycat league, and if guys are finding quality hockey players. We all know how successful the World Junior Program and the World Championship Program has been for Finland the last few years, and I think that that's what people are jumping on. So it wouldn't I, I just don't see him getting past Chicago. It's interesting uh, with Kakanami because I I asked him point blank, you know, who's your guy? Who do you look to? And he mentioned Barkov, and Barkov might be the most underrated player currently in the NHL. Like he's a a really good center. Like he's a legitimate first line center that's strong and has got good possession metrics. John Shannon joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Does anybody know what Arizona's thinking? <laughs> no, no. And John was there. I had a lot. I had some time with Chica, but he's he's very quickly learned to be rather. Uh, uh, evasive. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, he, he was just sitting there, taking some quiet notes and enjoying the time. So, I, I, but I don't think anybody really knows what uh, what they want. They could probably use help everywhere, even though they certainly are at their second half of the season a team on the ride. Yeah, we're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, Detroit forward or D? I'm hearing forward for Detroit. Yeah, yeah, same thing. But but uh, I, I will tell you, I, I I think that I think Evan Bouchard really really interests them. He was one of those guys when you have an opportunity to spend extra time. Bouchard did go out to dinner with the Red Wing people, so I think there's a, a real interest in in him. Um, you know, they they the Red Wings are in a uh, now that. Kenny's been given the vote of confidence, and Jeff Blaschel's been given a vote of confidence, and they've been probably given at least two more years to retool the franchise. This is a team that has always lived and died with what its blue line's done, and if they can find some way that they can get a guy like Bouchard in there, uh, I, I suspect that they would take him. Uh, does Mark Hunter end up with Detroit uh, after July 1st? Well, he can't sign until the 15th. Sorry. All right. Thank you for that. Yeah, I can't sign until the 15th. It's funny. Uh, more often than not, on the on the weekend in Buffalo, Bob, I heard going with Lou in in the island. Okay. Uh, with, which I felt I felt was interesting. Um, I thought the Detroit combination made more sense. It certainly makes more sense for me, and I think it makes more sense for Kenny Holland, even though Mark wasn't a former Red Wing and. Ken has done a great job in making sure that former Red Wings like Chris Draper are involved in the hockey club. Um, I, 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 
you know, and what if, if that's the case, what does that do to Tyler Wright? You know, and that, you know, that to me is another interesting question. Yeah, you, you have to you have to create a you have to create a position for Mark Hunter in Detroit. You don't have to do that in, in the island. Uh, a couple more uh, quick hitters for you, John. Just uh, in, in terms of you know some potential movement coming up in the next few weeks, how happy is the league right now with the way everything's going on the business side with the NHL? And I'm talking a precursor of 18 months down the road here because you're about as plugged in as anybody is on that sort of front. You know, I, I I think that they're I think they're happy. I think what we're going to find at the end of this series, if it goes seven, that uh, there's going to be some grumbling how long it took to play seven games. Okay. And I think even internally, there'll be some grumbling how long it took to play seven games. Um, you, you know, the uh, if it does go seven games, it'll take eight days to play the last three games, Bob. Two days between each game. Right. Very basketball like, and I I just don't think that's in our DNA. Um, and so, so that's something that, even though it's driven by television, particularly American television, I wouldn't be surprised to hear or see the commissioner say that we we have to improve it, and there should only be a two day gap between games six and seven. So that that did, but everything else, I mean, I, right now, you know, their sponsorship dollars are up, uh, distribution dollars are up, uh, people are talking about the game a lot more. The ratings are very good in both countries. When you consider no Canadian team in Canada, the ratings are good. And Vegas has created a, a, a following. So I, I mean, I think that uh, I think Gary Bettman's sleeping very well at night these days, and there's not many worries. All right. Well, you know where I'm going with this. Like, we, there's going to be a decision here. I guess the NHLPA has the first. Is that how it works? The NHLPA technically could opt out in 2020. There's a two-week window next. September, September of 2019. Okay. Uh, that can say that uh, that at the end of the 2019-2020 season, there's an opt-out, and PA gets to do it first, and then two weeks later, the league gets to do it. What's your sense right now? And it's very preliminary, obviously. But you, I mean, you well, just—I I don't—I I don't think there'll be a lockout. I really don't. I don't think there'll be a work stoppage. By the way, in, if you're in the league office, it's a work stoppage. If you're at the PA, it's a lockout. Okay. Just like when I used the term parity in the National Hockey League when Gary Bettman came to town and he educated me that it was competitive balance. Competitive balance. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Uh, but I, I don't think I don't think there'll be. I do not think there'll be a lockout. I, I mean, I think there are too many players doing too well. When you're sitting here and we're talking about the major, the major cornerstones of the CBA seem to be working for both sides. Uh, and and players are signing quality long term deals. It's difficult for I think anybody to understand that the players would like want to opt out of this deal. You know, the moment you know, and, and if everybody says, well, it's all about escrow, well, then don't use the escalator. You, you, you know, if you use the escalator, you got a better chance of playing more escrow. So, you know, then don't use it. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this: In the past, have you been this bullish moving forward? No. Yeah. No, I haven't. So you are quite bullish no. right now with where we're at. So that's good. Uh, yeah. Where and one final one for you, John. What do you envision? Uh, what do you envision? The they, they said what somewhere between seventy-eight to eighty-two million. I mean, are we looking at? Is it going to be eighty? Could it be as high as eighty-two in terms of the potential cap moving forward this year? Well, again, it goes. The the players can can raise it up to five percent. 
Right. And if they did the full 5%, it would go to 82. Okay. So I, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. We're going to know before the award show uh, what the number is. So uh, that'll that'll be pretty straightforward, and and then well, then and then teams will be able to decide how active they need to be a at extending some of their young players, right. like Austin Matthews in Toronto, or free agency on July first. John, great stuff. Uh, we appreciate the time. Thank you again in Buffalo. And uh, next week we'll discuss maybe a couple teams in the top ten that might be most likely to make a move trade wise, if any. Uh, we appreciate. But, but, Sorry, go ahead. Way, if, any of those ki- if, any, if any of those kids want to put weight on, all they have to do is come out with us. <laughs> That's uh, funny. My wife, and she's your biggest fan. She actually said this when I uh, that when I came back on Saturday night. She goes, "Oh, you 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 uh, you had a good time there." And I go, "Oh yeah, no, it was a good time." Thanks, John. All right, Bob. Talk to you soon. You bet. That's uh, one thing you do in Buffalo is you do eat. And uh, because the hotel was close to uh, where the event was, there wasn't a lot of walking. So, uh, don't even ask me about working out, Brendan. Those days are long gone, my friend. It is 12.54 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick time out. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed, Memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. Down the wall to Perron. Theodore's stick broke. The Caps trying to clear, and now it's a two-on-one. Coming is Beagle. He's got Kuznetsov with a Beagle to Kuzi along the right circle. A shot, he scores! He gives him the pterodactyl as he goes to the corner. Kuznetsov from Beagle. 7-10 to go in the second. It's two. Nothing. Washington. It's a heck of a player. There's no question about that. It's time to get to NHL today. Brought to you by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear. 1257 in Edmonton. Here is Brendan Ulrich. Yes, game four tonight, Bob, in Washington. The Caps try to get out to a 3-1 series lead. Here's defenseman John Carlson on what's at stake tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, every game that goes on, it's a little bit extra, and I, I know what you're saying, but in our eyes, it's one game, and they're all really, really important to us, and um, we're going to attack them all the same way, and we've made some good adjustments uh, after the first game and in games two and three that... Um, you know, we're not going to sit back and, and rest on that. I, I think uh, more adjustments need to be made. Um, better plays need to be made. There's certain situations that we really didn't do that well in. And, um, you know, you go out there with uh, hoping for a better product. Carlson's a horse right now for the Capitals. Bob, he's, he's been unbelievable. He's going to get paid, man. Oh, yeah. That man is going to get paid. Well, right. Kane just got $7 million. Like, what are we talking about for Carlson here? Well, he's got to get seven and a half, doesn't he, on an eight-year deal? Something like think. that, you would think. All righty. Tatar, by the way, will draw in for the Golden Knights, but Gallant won't say who's coming out. The game tonight, 6 o'clock, right here on Chet. David Perron coming out? He was on their well, fifth Well, that line. was uh, what everyone was thinking, but then they asked Gallant about it, and he said... He was sort of iffy on that, so I don't know. All right. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll wait and see. 12.58 in Edmonton. Uh, Randy Kilburn up next with a global news weather traffic update. When we come back, former Oilers head coach, now associate coach of the Dallas Stars, Todd Nelson on Oilers Now.